time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Wintery February night, the present. Order of events, a phone call from a frightened woman. Notating the arrival of an unidentified flying object. Then the checkout you just witnessed with two state troopers verifying the event. But with nothing more enlightening to add beyond evidence of some tracks leading across the highway to a diner. You've heard of trying to find a needle in a haystack? Well, stay with us now and you'll be part of an investigating team whose mission is not to find that proverbial needle. No, their task is even harder. They've got to find a Martian in a diner. And in just a moment, you'll search with them because you've just landed in the Twilight Zone. Episode number 64 of The Twilight Zone was Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? Please Stand Up. Please Stand <laughs> In the previous episode, we were talking about uh, that, that you've gotten at least some appreciation for the, the Goofy episode. Yeah. That's constitute a Goofy episode? Um, the ending is a little, like, is a little Goofy, I guess, but um, I, I, I still love, this, this is one of my favorite episodes, actually. I think it's, uh, um, the, uh, just from the character work alone, I am in love with every single one of these characters in this episode. <laughs> it is so much fun. I, I actually ended up watching this twice. Um, and uh, if you were to tell me that I would watch it again in the next week, I would not take book against that. Wow. So, so yeah, it, you definitely, if this is an ep, a goofy episode, then you're definitely uh, beginning to appreciate the, the goofy. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the crazy guy that's at the bar, I mean, he deserves an Emmy every single year <laughs> just for that, that this performance alone. I, I always wondered about him because, like, he's very clearly got a lot of makeup on, mm-hmm. and so I've I've never actually looked the uh, the actor up, but I wonder what he actually looks like because I suspect that it's very different from oh wow from, yeah uh, whatever he was uh, he was looking at. So you know, live here on the podcast, I'm actually going to uh, try to find him here, Jack e- uh, Elam. Yeah. He, Played Avery, apparently. That was the name of the... Oh, he actually looks exactly like the character. He kind of does. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that colored me surprised. He I, has I, a very uh, distinctive face. And uh, he he passed away in 2003, so he hung in there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it looks like he uh, he was done acting in the 90s, though. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I was, I was surprised I didn't see him in anything else. But, yeah, he looks exactly like the character. Which is, oh, man. And just sold every second that he was on. <laughs> he'd, he'd chewed up the scenery. Uh, so so in this particular episode, we were following, uh, at least at the beginning, a couple state troopers who are following a lead from a crazy-ass woman who says that uh, she's <laughs> off on saucer. And uh, as one does, you immediately take that seriously and decide that this is uh, something you you absolutely need to investigate. And they uh, they actually see footprints that lead from the uh, from the the crash site to this diner, uh, where a group of uh, passengers and the, uh, the 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 cook, the short order cook, are uh, are in there um, having a wonderful time. Everybody's having a blast. 
Um, to your to your point <clears throat> that the cops don't question anything and immediately start investigating this claim, were we just were, <laughs> were characters just are, are are they just more cynical now, um, or, or or you know is 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 it just like a a device to be like well we got to move this story along like you know they can only be cynical they can only question the claims that a Martian is loose in our town for you know upwards of fifteen seconds. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I it's probably a matter of they just want to get them into the diner. Yeah. Or, you know, it's also possible that, you know, clearly something happened. <laughs> There's tracks leading from the lake to the diner. The tracks definitely help. Yeah, so so they're not just like taking her word for it. They know that something happened. It's weird to have tracks leading from a lake into a diner. So you got to think, okay, <laughs> Uh, maybe it's something's be a going on, and they're 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 figuring that out. Um, uh, also, you know, you know, like, like here in Chicago, they would only do that if the tracks looked like they were from a minority. <laughs> That's a different story altogether. <laughs> question question for you on this. Now, can we call this a bottle episode, or is like eighty percent of every Twilight Zone episodes a bottle episode? Yeah, I don't think it's any more of a bottle episode than any other. I mean, I mean it's noteworthy that that it literally as once the once the police officers open the door to the diner, <laughs> the rest of the episode is completely enclosed within the diner. I mean, so like you said, they get to the diner as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah, they're like we're we're not going to change this. It's clearly, we need to know where these these tracks are headed. It, to the, it's to the diner that's good enough for them and uh, clearly they need to hold these people until they uh, they uh, they figure out what's going on and you can tell none of them are libertarians because at no time does anybody go am I being detained <laughs> <laughs> my arrest officer <laughs> uh, so so this is quite a a, a rogues gallery of, oh, yeah. of people uh, I'm not sure if it's ever really explained where this diner is supposed to be, but it is explained that they're heading to Boston. Yes. And uh, the uh, the bridge is, uh, is supposedly unsafe, and so they're waiting for word that they can go ahead on this, this bridge. So everybody's kind of stuck in the bottle, um, <laughs> if you will. Just like uh, <clears throat> how, many, how many characters searching for an exit, like literally in, a, <laughs> in yeah, somewhat of a bottle. <laughs> That wasn't a bottle episode. That was a tin can episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So okay, the same idea. It's just different, uh, different medium. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, the, the person who's finally skeptical about this whole thing is uh, Mr. Ross, a businessman. He's, he, he's, he's basically upset because they're being delayed at all. You know, he's like, who, who cares? It's one bridge. We can just get over it and, and I can get to my meeting in Boston. Because he he's very important. So no one no one knows how important he is <clears throat> more than he himself. Right, exactly. He's a busy um, businessman. Now, they the the the, the bus driver says that there were six uh, passengers, but there's actually seven. Right, and so that again adds to the suspicion. Again, to the police officer's credit, it's not like they're. It's not like they're assuming that this person has to be from Mars. It's just clearly something weird is going on, and, and they're investigating that. Yeah. These are actually uh, good cops. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're the, the, many, 
They're among the many good cops out there. They're they're the antithesis of uh, the ones investigated Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, uh, situation. Can we call Jeffrey Dahmer a situation? Uh, that, that definitely was a situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start stop bringing these episodes so dark. <laughs> so the, uh, the, uh, the 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 passengers they become suspicious both of the situation that uh, there might be a market among them and uh, among e- each other because I, apparently nobody was paying attention and and I think I had mentioned um, not too long ago I forget what the the episode was uh, I mentioned that uh, you know my wife and I live in an apartment building that's actually. You know, there's a decent number of people living here, uh, none of which we know by name. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it is. It is a little, little weird that, it, it, or it, it actually, it makes a lot of sense that these people just got on the bus and they weren't paying attention to who was on the bus. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and the fact that they, <laughs> you know, you mentioned that they don't, they forget things and that they're pretty unobservant. Um, there's so much. To uh, to to that extent that uh, the the young couple, um, the <laughs> I think at one point the the wife tells her husband that he has a mole that she never saw before, or he no longer has a mole that he used to have, or something like that. It's yeah, like there's some, there's some mole related controversy. Right? <laughs> it's like okay, that like one of you has to be the the Martian because no one a mole just doesn't like you know change. Unless, like, you know, you know that it's happening at a healthcare professional. And you certainly would notice that in, you know, argu- arguably the person you're most close to in your life. So um, r- at that point, my money's on Connie being the Martian. Uh, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, also, when you think about it, this is uh, sort of a, a companion piece to Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. They, they, are, they are given the notion that one of them might be an alien, uh, presumably here to destroy humanity, and yet they don't start throwing rocks at each other in five minutes. <laughs> so, so maybe the, maybe the people on Maple Street were just jerks, and it brought out the fact. <laughs> That was that's probably why the Martians um, uh, targeted Maple Street because they they identified that as the highest concentration of jerks. Uh, in America, and that's a what? What better place to start than somebody who's going to sell out their own neighbor at the drop of a hat? Listen, start off if you're if you're invade. Listen, if you're if you're Martians and you're listening to this podcast, like doing research. Okay, if you're going to do that, start with the jerks because they'll be easy to turn on each other. It's true. And then once you've wiped them out, then you can get to the more complicated things of making you know just. You know, happy-go-lucky people like Sean and I turn against each other. And that, that's challenging, and it's going to take a lot longer. And a great advice, and in exchange for this sage advice that is going to save our, our Kang and Kodos uh, all, all, all this time, uh, maybe spare old Sean and Keith, huh? As as trusted members of the media, we could be used to we could be helpful in rounding up others to to toil in your underground sugar caves. Exactly. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. Yes. Uh, so the old man, uh, I, the, the thing that I love about the old man in, in this is he's, he's just, he's just trolling everybody. Oh my God. 
he has he like whether or not he believes like i mean the way he acts you know you, you imagine that he's just discounting the the theory that there could be an alien but man he does not miss an opportunity to screw with everybody in that building <laughs> including the police yeah. officers the the police officers i think it went actually i think the only person who doesn't incur his wrath is the uh is the cook? Yeah, like he, yeah. Never, he never seems to have it. He, he realizes the cook is just there doing his job. Yeah, he, he's been dragged into this more than anybody else. <laughs> I want to consider what happens at the end. But, he he definitely uh, um the 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 old man definitely gives the the busy businessman the business every chance he gets. And I that, again he the, that character is my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> Well, and and again, like the old man is sort of the antithesis of uh, little Timmy or whatever his name was <laughs> in the Maple Street. Because, like he, he's he's poking at Prada and saying, "Hey, this this sounds like science fiction. Isn't this isn't this funny?" Yeah. As opposed to saying, "This looks like science fiction. We're all going to die." Yeah. <laughs> No, I guess that just shows the difference in how you should react to things. If suddenly you find yourself in a position, given all sorts of unsolicited free advice uh, t- today in this in this episode, Agreed. if you find yourself in a position where you're you might be aliens, maintain your sense of humor, and and, and we'll get through all this. If, if you if you start being a jerk, you're going to end up like the the jerks on Maple Street. <laughs> exactly. Really, it's it's uh, it's just good advice for any situation. It really is. Just just roll with it. Just, you know, <laughs> it's not the end of the world, and if it is, well, then it's the end of the world, it. and you probably won't have to worry about it for too much longer. You'll, you'll feel fine. <laughs> uh, so as they're as they're, inter- you, <laughs> as they're interrogating everybody, uh, the jukebox starts playing on its own, which probably had to really anger the cook because. You know, he wants people to pay for the jukebox, not for it to play on its own. I was, um, <clears throat> I get, you know, obviously we're still probably 15, maybe a little bit more uh, years away uh, uh, before Happy Days premieres. But when I, <laughs> when that jukebox starts playing, I was expecting like an invisible Fonzie to be the actual Martian. And he like came in and like hit it with his fist. And that's how the jukebox started playing. Have we now come to the conclusion that Fonzie was an alien? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we we know. Well, no. See, Fonzie couldn't. Fonzie, what Fonzie was on? on, (laughs) Did I say? Did I say Fonzie or Fonzie? You know, I can't remember. I hope I said Fonzie. (laughs) (laughs) So we we know. Actually, we know for a fact that Fonzie wasn't an alien because when. Arrived, true. he would have known. It's very that, true. That Anzi was an alien. So, also, I can't get um, <clears throat> the image of <laughs> a, a, a Muppet with uh, like an alien blaster just going waka waka and like <laughs> enslaving the, <laughs> oh, the human race. Oh, see, see, I would have pictured Fozzie dressed as Fonzie. Oh, that's even better. You know, we need to undershirt. This this is why this show needs to get big, Keith, because we need some super fans to go back in in every single episode up to up to now um, and just create the the universe of Time Enough at Last, where we add so much to the Twilight Zone canon. And uh, Fozzie dressed up as Fonzie is 100 percent the first chapter. (laughs) 
Listen, my wife is a comic book artist. I wonder if I could convince her to do a a oh my god a drawing of of Fozzie as Fonzie. Insanely talented, by the way. I always enjoy seeing her stuff on Twitter. Uh, at Misty A. Callahan on on Twitter, yes, sir. Uh, out. Um. So, uh, so the the jukebox plays on its own. The lights start uh, flickering on and off, which is which is easily done. You know, usually with a light switch, though. <laughs> And uh, it, 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 it this is the one that I didn't get. Like the sugar bowls start exploding. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of silly. <laughs> not, not, not sure, not sure how that even happens. But about that time, about when when you think, uh, you know, first of all, if you're the policeman, that's about the time you know something's going on that maybe you need to do something about. Yeah. But at that exact moment, the uh, they get the word that the that the bridge is clear. They just let everybody go. <laughs> I mean, if the bridge, if the ice is, is you know no longer a hazard, then you know what we're going to deal with this Martian nonsense in the AM. Oh, and, and by the way, I, I forgot to point this out earlier, but uh, the bus driver totally would have gotten canceled in twenty twenty one. He says that uh, he knew he knows the the the, the woman is you know was on the bus because she's the only one he knows oh yes absolutely i was expecting him to like refer to her legs as gams and uh, maybe say that they go all the way down to the floor which she obviously clearly doesn't seem to mind much no of course not but uh you know that that wouldn't fly in the jordan peele twilight zone. no definitely not He's not allowing stuff like that. I get the feeling that uh, the uh, the dancer lady doesn't mind uh, those comments because, I mean, if you go back and look at the men in the Twilight Zone episode, they're not setting yeah. a high bar for, for respecting women, especially if you're like a car salesman talking to a man who has a wife. Uh, speaking of which, uh, so we had established that uh, the woman in uh, in the episode 22 – was a stripper. Yes. So are we assuming that, that this woman who's a quote unquote dancer, is she probably also a stripper? Um, I mean, you, we got to say yes, right? We got to be consistent. Probably. I mean, she's taking the bus. I mean, it's the sixties. So airplane travel isn't the cheapest thing in the world. It's true. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking she's probably a stripper in this. Not that I'm judging that perfect. No, you know, of course not. What you want to do uh, that that's that's perfectly wonderful um, but but yeah we're, we're assuming she's probably a stripper <laughs> and uh, bus driver so, loves it so so again we're, uh, we're we're shown the outside of the diner from you know or the bottle if you will <laughs> yeah. and uh, a mysterious figure walks up and uh, and opens the door and, and walks in and it turns out it's mr. Ross the the uh, businessman who thinks so very highly of himself oh yeah and uh, he tells the cook that uh, the bridge wasn't safe after all uh it collapsed killing all the occupants of both the bus and the police car yeah so i guess that's where the goofiness ends uh, <laughs> um because whether or not the woman was a stripper or not she's dead she's dead uh i assume i assume everybody you know involved in the in the accident is is dead as well uh, that's what Mr. Ross says, and I and I assume that uh, Mr. Ross knows what he's talking about because he, you know, if anybody survived the crash, I'm sure he, you know, shot him with his blaster. Because <laughs> uh, 
um, he, he sits down on the counter and they, uh, you know, the cook is surprised because uh, the, the guy uh, isn't, isn't wet and the businessman asks what wet means. Yeah. And uh, that's about the time his third arm shows up <laughs> and starts stirring his coffee and lighting a cigarette. Oh, I love this episode. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think he starts playing, uh, playing music again. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells uh, the cook that he's a Martian. And the Martians are coming to Earth and uh, start a colony. Now, he doesn't actually say I, – I, now, I know you would probably go here immediately because <laughs> you take it to the darkest conclusion possible. <laughs> he never actually says, hey, we're going to kill all the humans. I, you know what? I, I noticed that too. Like the fact that he, he says that you know <clears throat> um, the Martians are here to, to make sure that Earth is, is ready for, co- for colonization – yeah. Is this like the like last stage in a peace treaty? Maybe um, that's that's at least what I'm hoping for. What? Gee, now you're the hopeful. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get away from everybody dying or just the really <laughs> dark stuff that I've unfortunately probably scarred a lot of people with over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so the cook uh, says that uh, uh, you know. He, he's actually from Venus, mm-hmm. and uh, they've also decided to start a colony, and uh, they've actually intercepted the Martian invasion force and uh, killed all of them. <laughs> and he takes off his uh, cap, revealing uh, that he's got a third eye in the middle of his forehead. <sighs> love it. I love everything about this episode. Love the ending. Love, like, you know, it, I mean, it, they could have just been very lazy and just picked at random, <clears throat> which is kind of what they did. Uh, you know, just one of the one of the seven to be the Martian, right? But the fact that you know the cook, who you really don't expect, because you imagine him as the mayor of the bottle, um, and that like you know he's he's probably going to be the most static character out of anybody. Um, I I will still kind of get a little surprised at it every time. Yeah, and I, and I love the uh, narration uh, at the end because he says, you know, you know, uh, check check their eyes, you know, the color of their eyes, all three of them, or shake their hand, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> what did I, he called? He called the businessman something like a like a definitely like a very fifties fifties term. Um, I'm sure it's in like the closing narration. Uh, incident in Small Island to be blue. Yeah. <laughs> However, if a sour-faced dandy named Ross <laughs> or a big good-natured <laughs> counterman who handles a spatula, blah 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 blah. Sour-faced dandy is a, a very apt description of the of the businessman. But yeah, I, I remember. I still remember the set. Sour-faced dandy played at Lollapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I will never not laugh at that joke. It's always funny, <laughs> Keith. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, a- actually, you know, you talk about uh, the sour face dandy being kind of, uh, you know, sort of a random choice. He was actually the only guy uh, throughout this whole thing who was anxious to get going. Yeah. And I, um, which I guess that, that would make sense to kind of make him, uh, you know, uh, uh, suspect one, but. I just I, I always thought every time like I forget about this episode and watch it again and I, I never suspect him because I, I always think, well, they're laying it on too thick, right? Like, you know, it's too easy to think that like the most unlikable character out of everybody 
is going to be the Martian. But sure enough, they do it and they they kind of trick you that way. And then they, you know, uh, there's another layer after that with the, the cook being a, a Venetian. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it, it was either the very first time I had seen this episode or, you know, it had just been so long since I had seen the episode that I had, you know, that I didn't remember right. it. I remember thinking that the old guy was the Martian because he just looked weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, they try to like, you know, th- that's also another misdirect. Like I wouldn't suspect the, <clears throat> the old man either. Cause it, they laid on so thick, but it, it would also be boring if it was just the bus driver or just, you know, <clears throat> the, the woman in the older couple or, you know, and the, one of the other four people. What they should have done is they should have, they should have really fooled you and had like, you know, and you couldn't have done this with special effects in the 1960s, but have like, um, do, do you remember, uh, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Star Trek Voyager, but there was a, uh, there was an episode where a transporter accident uh, turned a Neelix and Tuvok into, into Tuvix. No. You know, it sort of merged them together into one person. Oh my God. So they, that's what they should have done is, it, you know, it wasn't going to be one of them. It was actually going to be two of them merged into, into one person. I've, I have a question for you, and I think this is actually good for, for on air because I think other people can benefit from this. But I've never – so I've never gotten into Battlestar. I've never gotten into Star Trek. Um, as far as Star Trek goes, where would you recommend somebody start? Just the the original series or you know, do you start with the, the one that's going on now or what? Uh, well, I mean, the, the stuff that's going on right now is really good, yeah. but, uh, I would actually start with Star Trek, the next generation, Okay. but I would actually, I wouldn't start at the beginning because in the, uh, in the first couple of seasons, like it, it took them until season three to really figure out what they were doing Really? because, because Gene Roddenberry, the guy who, uh, who, you know, created the original Star Trek, he was actually involved in the first couple of seasons. And as good as he was at like, he was a lot like J.J. Abrams in that he was very good at world building, but his his stories just sucked. Mm. And like the first couple seasons, they're like, they're either redoing stories from the original series or there's stuff that would have been oh. like seasons of the original series, but never happened. So he sort of retooled them and made them the next generation. And they're, they're kind of bad. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised it made it as far as it did. So I would actually start with the next generation and start with, uh, probably season three. Okay. Do they, uh, speaking of like remaking or do they remake the, uh, the trouble with tribbles in, uh, TNG? Uh, they didn't, but they actually did a, uh, an episode in star Trek deep space nine, where they went back in time to that episode. Which is actually really good. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I see that they um, <clears throat> that they got a new. Yeah, I mean, you can actually, you can actually start uh, TNG from the beginning. Just realize, yeah, yeah, that the makes sense. Seasons are kind. I of, can deal with that. The, the, yeah, I noticed that they got a um, <clears throat> they switched showrunners from season two to three. That might have been part of it too. Yeah. And uh, interesting uh, little little tidbit. Um, so the guy who uh, wrote. The new Battlestar Galactica, who also wrote, uh, is the showrunner of uh, uh, For All Mankind, is a guy named Ronald D. Moore. And he actually got his start as a writer on Star Trek The Next Generation, I think about season three or so. Yeah. And he actually got that job because he just sent them a script 
and they liked it and invited him to um, you know to, to that, join the writing staff. By the end, he was the head writer. That's awesome. After they decided to, after the next generation ended, they moved him to Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> and he made it through two episodes. And he was like, "This is so unrealistic. I can't do that." <laughs> Like he, all the problems, like it, the same basic idea between Star Trek Voyager and Battlestar Galactica, you know, it's the ship that's on the other side of the galaxy and it's trying to get to, yeah. you know, a, a different place. And so that's actually what inspired like him reimagining oh, wow. Battlestar Galactica because, and, and so like the most visible thing is, you know, he said like Voyager is supposed to be across the galaxy, completely cut off from Starfleet, right. and yet they get it fight in every episode that practically destroys the ship <laughs> and yet at the beginning of the next episode they're fine it's not real it's one of those re- so, regenerating uh spaceships yeah so so in battlestar galactica like you can actually over the course of the the four or five seasons the ship gets in progressively crappier shape like it, <laughs> that's pretty cool you can tell it's run through the ringer over the course of the series so yeah that, that's why he did that and um I'm not sure how we can tie this back into the real Martian. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Martian, it's my fault. I, I take responsibility for the tangent. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe uh, that that'll be uh, once we get through all 56 episodes of the Twilight Zone. You, you can uh, uh, you can you can watch a soundtrack from the beginning. We can we can start from there. Absolutely. <laughs> Incident on a small island to be believed or disbelieved. However, if a sour-faced dandy named Ross or a big good-natured counterman who handles a spatula as if he'd been born with one in his mouth, if either of these two entities walk onto your premises, you better hold their hands, all three of them, or check the color of their eyes, all three of them. The gentleman in question might try to pull you into the Twilight Zone. Gabatron?